Well, hello there. It is good to see you again, and welcome back to Your Money and a Cup of Joe. It's good to be with you again. I'm your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and we're going to be spending the afternoon here chatting about another wealth management-related topic. That's what we do here on the show. And as always, we'll be bringing out Mr. Joe Kaleo of Kaleo Wealth Management and UBS. We're going to be jumping into a really unique topic today. It's a very, very circumstantial topic, but it's one that's, you know, nonetheless still very important to discuss. So what am I talking about? Well, for all of us, there may come a day when you're asked to be the executor on an estate or of an estate. And it's a task that shouldn't be taken lightly, to say the least. It's one that has some very important responsibilities, as well as some important risks if you mismanage those responsibilities and tasks that need to be completed. So today we're going to be diving into really what this role looks like and the responsibilities that come with it and why you should really be considering this role before you just go ahead and accept that position and accept that role overall. So that being, with that being said, let's go ahead and bring Joe out and get right into it. Joe, it's good to see you today. How are you doing, sir? Doing great, Ryan. Great to see you. How are you, bud? I am doing well. Can't complain. Uh, really a circumstantial topic today, but again, a really important one that we want to talk on. Let's start high level. Let's just start with the basics here, Joe. Tell us, what is an executor? What do they do? Yeah, very broadly, Ryan, an executor is the person who is legally responsible for sorting through the finances of someone who's passed away and administering their estate. Now, what that means is, among other things, they're making sure that their debts and their taxes are paid and they're distributing what's left, those assets, to the heirs that have been specified in a will. So the tasks involved can be complex, and they're there largely to depend upon or take care of the deceased and or his or her estate, as well as having the knowledge of the executor and going into the process. And those details of being an executor can vary, sometimes significantly, on a state-by-state -state basis, but it also goes into several key roles that are generally performed by executors. So let's go through that list, right? First, you've got to find and file the will. You've got to set up an estate account. You've got to identify the assets and potential liabilities. You have to make notifications about the death. You have to deal with active accounts and benefits. You have to pay off those debts. You have to handle taxes and distribute bequests to the beneficiaries. So there's just the starting list of the things that that executor is going to have to do. And I would say that's a pretty lengthy starting list at that show. So I assume then that given that list and everything that goes into each of those items you just mentioned, this is not something that you should be saying yes to if you're asked, should you be an executor without really considering and doing some thinking, correct? You do need to do some thinking. Exactly right, Ryan. So let's talk about that. Certainly there do tend to be many steps that have to happen and more than what most people realize. So rather than immediately say yes, because oftentimes it is an honor to think that you're going to help handle someone's estate and what they've earned and kept over their years, there are things that they've got to dig into. And so that could create some discomfort initially, especially if it's a family member or a close friend who's asking you to do that. So you might wonder, how could you possibly consider refusing the request? Well, let's make sure that they're going to be better off down the line if you take on the task and make the right decision for you and the heirs. 
Sure. No, really good high level point to make there, Joe. And, and I want to now kind of get into the weeds of it a little bit. Uh, let's start exploring some of these specific you know, responsibilities of being, you know, that executor. So, you know, people can decide whether or not they really want to take on the role or not. Talk to us. Uh, let's go through that first kind of topic, really, that you mentioned for us, that idea of finding and filing a will uh, and then setting up that estate bank account. What goes into these two uh, pieces of information here? Yeah, in some states, you have to file it with a probate court, not all, but most. And when you're asking the court to confirm you as the personal representative of the estate, if you're confirmed, the judge will then grant you that authorization to act on behalf of the estate through these documents. You'll provide the documents to financial firms, insurance companies, other institutions that you're having to deal with throughout that process. Now, regarding setting up an estate account, that might not be the second step you take, but it is something you have to do fairly early on, most likely to get some things transitioned. Because when that happens, for example, the expenses of the deceased should be paid using money from that person's estate, but it can't come from that person's account. When someone passes, those accounts are frozen and they all need to pass into the estate account before they go on to pay those final expenses. So you're not taking money from your own accounts either, for example, you want to take it from that person's estate. So you'll set up an estate account to which the deceased accounts and other cash accounts and possibly even investment accounts all transfer into. That way, that account is where the money is then paid to settle outstanding debts. All right, Joe. And then of the many responsibilities that you mentioned earlier, are there any in particular that really uh, are, are really important to focus on, or maybe rather they're really challenging, and that's why you should focus a really intense level of detail into that aspect? Anything that comes to mind? There's a couple of things, but one of the biggest is, as an executor, is identifying and finding all of the assets of the deceased person. And that can literally be a hunt that requires digging through old papers, storage bins, safety deposit boxes, and so on, and sometimes in multiple locations. So you might have to interview family members that know of where things are, and you have to learn where various assets are and accounts that exist. The fact is not all assets are always described in a will, and that part of the process may also involve getting physical items. How about jewelry or artwork or furniture from family members or others who are involved in possession of them? So a key part of it is understanding how to find and where they are to bring that all together. A key part of that job is to protect and to maintain the property. And that may mean securing valuable art, ensuring insurance policies don't lapse or are selling highly volatile equity positions. So you'll search for creditors to which the deceased owes money and those bills will be paid then from the estate and must be paid before any assets pair pass to the heirs. I want to mention, Ryan, here, I can remember back when I had a client who had CDs in 12 different banks, and it took the family almost a year going to physical bank locations to gather everything up to pass into proper estate accounts. And, and that's because she was a child of the Depression and wanted to make sure that certain assets were under FDIC insurance. And so you could see why she did what she did 
So it's helpful if you can gather those materials ahead of time, that can then be helpful then for the executor when the time comes. Yeah, I mean, really, it is a hunt at that. I mean, and like you said, it took almost about a year to be able to uncover all of those CDs. Really, you know, appreciate you sharing that story there. Uh, but when it comes to this hunt for assets, I mean, boy, is this a tall task. So, Joe, do you have any advice, any, any you know, really helpful nuggets of information for those executors out there uh, that could maybe assist in this process? Yeah, one of the best ways to identify assets and liabilities as an executor is to have the deceased person's mail forwarded to you, for one. That way, you'll receive documents such as statements for investment accounts, bank accounts, and the such. Also, reaching out to the person's financial advisor, CPA, and attorney, if that information hasn't been gathered and given to you ahead of time. But keep in mind, some assets require probate. So while other assets are non-probate, for example, 401ks and IRAs can pass outside of the probate system, probate assets or any assets that pass by the person's will. So non-probate assets will pass directly to heirs, circumventing the need for the court process. Examples of non-probate assets, life insurance benefits as well, or joint and survivor property. One of the things that we also recommend to clients, Ryan, is doing a love letter. And we've got that here, and we can provide that upon request. And that's just something that clients can fill out at their wish, providing as much detail as they want, either given to the executor before the time comes, or they just tell the executor, this is where you find it if the need arises. So that way it's easily retrievable and everything can flow smoothly for them. Oh man, I mean, boy, would that be helpful to have is that love letters. I, I get it. And I'm sure it's a, a really pivotal piece of the of the puzzle when that executor is going through that process, should it exist in the first place. But Joe, so that's assets, right? I mean, that's its own, you know, tall order that we just mentioned, but let's flip to the other side of the coin. And that's the debts, the taxes, some of those other liabilities. What are we looking at here from the executor's point of view? Paying the deceased debts from the estate funds are important and you are not as executor personally liable. So once you're notified, creditors can make estate claims, right? And the executor will determine the validity of those claims and paying the legitimate ones and declining those that appear to be illegitimate. So if you reject the claim, be aware that you could end up in a court battle. Now, other expenses need to be paid, funeral costs, probate and administrative fees, property taxes, so things along that line will continue to accumulate potentially or are still outstanding and need to be taken care of. If you're responsible for having the assets valued for tax purposes to determine whether estate taxes are owed, be prepared and file a federal and or state a tax return and perhaps an estate income tax return, as well as a personal income tax return covering the final year of a deceased person's life. Joe, let me ask you this. Do you ever find that when you're going through conversations like this about an executor, everything that it entails, just the whole nine yards, if you're going through this conversation, do you find that people are often surprised by the, you know, the extent of an executor's role? And and furthermore, you know, do you do you find that people are often just assuming that the job is just to distribute the deceased person's assets? I feel like that would be a, a common misconception on this front. 100%. Sometimes people come in and say, I understand such and such passed away. I want to go ahead and I'm, I'm in the will. I want to get my money. It's not that easy. 
and the executor is often surprised. So, so let's try and let's take a step back for a second. If you're the executor, it's often because it's a family member or a close friend. And when that happens, you might be emotionally, if not distraught, tied up as to what's happening at that moment. So you probably want to take a step back. And yes, it seems like it's an almost sometimes never ending process that could take up to a year or rarely, but sometimes more, right? So there's that popular image of reading the will and that's all that's going to come to you. But it's important to know that distributing the bequest to heirs and other beneficiaries comes after the bills and the creditors have been paid. And then after the beneficiaries sign a release saying they've all done your job as executors satisfactorily. So at that point, you see that the beneficiaries get what they're supposed to get according to the will. We've got a situation going on right now where there are multiple family members and one's on vacation out of the country. It's not going to be cleared until the final one comes home and everybody signs off all at the same time. And so that's one of the things to think about. Also, and I'll drop this in, we have a checklist for what happens after somebody passes away. There's no cost. We'll provide it to you. But when someone passes away, you want to make sure that you're thinking through possibly all the steps that may come about as an executor. So we help, we try to be helpful by giving folks a, a timeline and a, and a structure to what they want to be thinking about. Oh, no, that's great to hear. And I, and I, I do want to ask you about that in a moment, just, you know, and how you assist individuals that might go through this process. But I want to circle back to a point that you made just a moment ago and kind of double down on it. You mentioned when we were going through the liabilities and the debts that might exist, that there's no personal, you know, debt in that you have to take money out of your own account as an executor to pay off debts and liabilities. Uh, to take it a step further, though, I want to talk about just risk as a whole. So for executors, then, do they have to worry about any level of risk throughout this process to themselves or rather the challenges and just kind of doing the job overall? Does risk enter the picture here? Unfortunately, they do have to be considered considering risk, right? If they're an executor of an estate, you're having to think about making family members or someone else, an executor of your state, there are legal and fiduciary responsibilities that go with that position. So even if you're extremely savvy, you may not be familiar with all the elements of what it takes to make this happen effectively. So let's go through some of those risks. There's personal liability exposure. So you might have to pay or likely pay some creditors and any tax bills before distributing inheritance to heirs. So you also need to protect the value of the estate as well as yourself legally. So the executor, for instance, has to ensure the financial health of the estate. Say there's a nice stock portfolio as we deal with every day, but there also could be houses or artwork that's part of the estate. Can you make that distribution partially along the way or does it all have to be done at the same time? Normally we see partially. And, but there's still things you have to be mindful of and to protect the value of those assets during that transition. There are potential risks in time commitments and constraints. Depending upon the estate, the condition of the paperwork and how close you are geographically to the deceased, that means you may end up spending an onerous amount of time on the duties. So you want to keep in mind that you may also need to meet strict deadlines on certain tasks, such as filing tax returns or filing the will. Now, the one that you never really want to have, but could, 
is angry heirs. As an executor, you need to secure the estate's assets. That could mean, for example, that someone in the family will need to wait to get their hands on the money and other items they want, but that in turn could create tension between you and that person. So a good approach is to gather up and safeguard the deceased assets as quickly as possible, and then explain to heirs that you legally need to protect these assets for the time being. That doesn't mean they're just trying to keep people from something. It just means there are steps you have to go through to satisfy the rules. So one of the most effective ways to mitigate risks and confrontations is to keep extremely accurate records as an executor and keep people informed. A detailed and itemized list of expenses you've incurred and the timelines that you're going to follow, plus the potential timeline for a distribution, usually helps to aid the beneficiaries that you're handling your duties responsibly. And that usually helps to mitigate risks, and it usually helps to calm people's fears and emotions. Sure, sure. I'm glad you mentioned that. I mean, uh, angry air is never something you want to deal with. I know you and I have chatted about that whole you know succession planning process and, man, all the variables that are in that. But it's interesting to hear about it from the executor's perspective and how, how that all falls in line. But, Joe, I want to go back now to another point you had mentioned, just different assistance and things that you've helped uh, you know other executors with along the way. For anybody out there in our audience that's hearing this conversation today, maybe they've even been exposed to this question should and maybe they were asked if they should be an executor on a given estate uh you know if they're questioning this role or maybe they just have further questions in general about the role and responsibilities and they want to lean on somebody like you and your team a wealth manager what would be the best way they could reach out to you guys open up a dialogue and just uh you know kind of get their questions answered yeah i think ryan give us a call send us an email we're happy to have a conversation there's no cost for any of this right? There's the love letter on the front end for someone to fill out to help uh, an executor figure out where everything is or what's in the estate, whether you give it to them beforehand or not. And then there's also the timeline post estate that you can help an executor figure out all the things they need to go through. Because, you know, I'm going to guess it's 75 to 90% of the time, it's a loved one that's handling as an executor. And so we have a couple of ways that we can walk people through the preparation of all these duties and responsibilities and give us a call or send us an email. We're happy to have a conversation and help walk them through that. Fantastic. Well, Joe, I appreciate you carving some time out of your day to be with us and, and dive into the complex world and that the roles and responsibilities of being an executor. A lot of good detail was shared in today's conversation and uh, looking forward to being back with you on the next one here. Sounds great. Cheers, Ryan. Cheers indeed, Joe. And hey, look, we want to spend one more moment and say thank you to our audience for jumping aboard and being with us on the show today. If you took anything away from today's conversation surrounding this role and responsibilities associated with being an executor and you benefited from the conversation, go ahead and subscribe to it on whichever platform you checked us out on today. That way you never miss out on another conversation between Joe and myself where we dive into those strategies, those solutions, and really just conversations that he's having with clients on a regular basis. Before Joe, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long. and We appreciate you stopping by and being with us today on Your Money and a Cup of Joe.
This presentation is for informational and educational purposes only and should not be relied upon as investment advice or the basis for making any investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed may not be those of UBS Financial Services Incorporated. UBS Financial Services Incorporated does not verify and does not guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information presented. This material is made available for use by CEG. Neither UBS Financial Services Incorporated nor any of its employees provide tax or legal advice. You should consult with your personal tax or legal advisor regarding your personal circumstances. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services Incorporated offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC registered broker dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services Incorporated is a subsidiary of UBS AEG, member FINRA, member SIPC. Joe Kaleo at Kaleo Wealth Management Group, UBS Financial Services Incorporated. Office address 200 West Highway 6, Suite 400 in Waco, Texas, 76712.